Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Let's have our seats. God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. He is alive. He is alive. So welcome everybody and those joining us for the first time. May God bless and guard us all in the name of Jesus Christ. Just to kind of lay the emphasis on that there'll be evangelism and part of church and we would encourage people to join. It's, it's always a lovely time to, to share the gospel. We want to talk about the joy of the Lord. Talking about the joy of the Lord. And just before, when we talk about joy, you would see that the scriptures does not really put the word happiness. The scripture most of the time goes with the word joy. And the reason being that joy is something internal. It is not something that depends on the environment or depends on the situation around you. It doesn't determine, it's not determined by how well you woke up on a particular day and what happened or what did not happen. That is why you would see the scripture would always introduce joy. Now your joy can, can overflow into happiness or feeling excited, but it is important that we understand as the Bible begins to talk about joy. And we would begin to, but before we go into different aspects of this, of this scripture, is that we would, every human being is created to seek something. At every point in time, you are designed to seek something. So when we read Matthew chapter 6, from verse 30, I'm reading the Amplified, the Bible says that, but if if God so clothes the grass of the field, which are alive today and green today, but tomorrow, tomorrow is cut off and thrown as fall into the forest. Let's go to the statue. We said, therefore, do not worry or be anxious perpetually on his and distracted, saying, what are we going to eat? Or what are we going to drink? Or what are we going to wear? Now, let's go on, please. And I said, too, the Bible says, please note that the scripture did not, I'm just using the red as emphasis. The Bible says that the pagans and the Gentiles eagerly seek these things. He said, he said, but do not worry, your heavenly father knows what you need, but for seek. Them. So what the Bible is saying is that, is it that you are seeking this or you are seeking this? There is no middle ground. You are always seeking something. So because as human, human beings, we are created to seek. So the Bible is saying that even among all the options of seeking, the most important thing that you need to seek is the kingdom of God. We are coming to a point on that as we move this a little bit forward. Then Romans began to explain to us, it says Romans chapter 14, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not, is not a matter of what to eat or what to drink. Basically, Jesus was saying, some of you are, people are looking for what to eat and what to drink. He said, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So when, so what 
as part of the package of what comes as when somebody begins to seek the kingdom of God, the product is joy. The product is joy. Now, I will begin to, I'm just going to just, we're just going to do a little bit of um, Bible study. I might kind of move, move us, run us a little bit, so please don't worry. Uh, God will, God will guide, uh, guide us home in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we come to the place of joy, I want to just take us a little bit back so that we can all arrive at the position of what Jesus is talking about, that which tears up joy in a person, or that which you should hold on to as joy. Now, there is the book of John. I'm going to just read through the book of John. Not read through it, but just kind of put a summary of, of, of the book of John. Now, John began to say, let's go to John chapter 20. We're starting almost from the end. John says, Jesus performed many miracles. Or not trying to say miracles, but some will say signs. And the Bible says, in the, in, in the presence of his disciples. So the Bible is saying, Jesus did a lot of miracles. And he did them in the presence of his disciples. He now said, but these ones are written that you may believe. So, what Paul is saying is that, sorry, what John is saying is that as you read the book of John, the miracles that are documented in those places are documented for a reason. Do we get to that point? So, you will discover that in the entire book of John, there are seven miracles that John highlighted in his whole book. Now, there is a reason why John began to highlight it. This may help us to also understand that in those days when God was doing miracles in the midst of his disciples, they did not understand. As far as they were concerned, they were like, ah, you know, Jesus just did this. Or maybe, but after he had resurrected, they began to look back and they began to make sense to them. How does this affect us before we move on? Is that there are certain things that God is doing in your life now that you, you think you understand, but you don't. Until the time when the time is right, and it begins to tell you, look back. Do you remember what's happened here? This is the reason why it happened. So, but the disciples were just excited about the fact that Jesus did miracles. But John, at his later hand, after Jesus had died, and John began to, you know, let me give you an example of one miracle. When Jesus said that, I will break this temple and, and, and rise up in three days, they did not understand until he resurrected. So, you begin to see that Jesus will tell people, don't tell anybody the miracles that I have done. One of the reasons is just that Jesus is saying, you will not understand what is hope happening until when the actual thing happened. Let's quickly go on, please, just because of our time. Now, so, so I will try to go quickly over the seven miracles that John documented. Some may calculate it as, may not include one and include the resurrection of Jesus as an example, 
but let's just look at it. The first one, the first miracle you would see that Jesus performed in the book of John was turning water to wine. Now, as we, you will discover that, you will discover that when Jesus was speaking, his mother said, ah, um, you know, turn water to wine. John chapter 2, please. John chapter 2. The, 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 the mother was saying, the mother was saying that, he said, you know, why don't you turn water into wine? And the Bible says, now John began to say, this is the first sign. Or this is the first miracle. Now, this could be translated into two ways. The first miracle of Jesus or the first miracle as John began to document them. To say, this is the first thing I want you to see. So, he said, he said, he said, he said, the Bible says that what, what Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee was the first of his, of his sign through which he would reveal his glory. So that means that there is something that God is trying to reveal through that miracle. Are we together? Let's go on, please, to chapter, that chapter 72. Now, Jesus was asked that turn this water into wine. What did Jesus tell his mother? He said, my hour has not come. But what did he do? He eventually turned water into wine. Do you know what nobody asked him? What is your hour? Everybody was excited that, ah! Look, baby, can you tell the daddy? Let's, 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 boys be happy. Everybody is okay. And things like that. But he, say, he made a statement. He said, my hour has not come. Nobody but that to ask him. But everybody was happy about what he did. Now, this is also as a result of certain things that God does in your life. You are so excited. You are so, but the reason why God is trying to pass a message, you have forgotten the message. You are taking the, you are, you are, you are dancing. I know what God has said. Well, what did Jesus share for me? And God is saying, huh? <laughs> what did he share Lord? You know, some people, it is when they need issue. And because they feel they prayed, and God answers. And they say, oh, God is good. And they, they are gone. And God is saying, it is a sign. Do you know what a sign is? When you are going to hospital in this country, you see signs. Are you going to sit under the sign and say, I'm in A&E? But that's what we do. Rather than saying, this sign is pointing me at something, people will say, ah, see, see what God has done. Why did he do it? What is he, what is he trying to tell you through what he has done? Say, ah, God knows that that fasting was so powerful. I had to, I had to, I had to scatter all my enemies. So the Bible is teaching us here that that was his first miracle. Now, when you begin to look further, to begin to see what exactly is the how about, what exactly is the how about, you begin to see that John began to highlight this question when Jesus began to point out. Hours here and there. John chapter 16, please. Quickly, just because of our time, you know. Um, 
Because we go to verse 12 and to chapter 12. The Bible says, and now this is one of the Jesus replied, My hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. So, what I'm, what we are saying is this is that when Jesus was talking about the hour, he was talking about the day he was going to die and resurrect. So you begin to see that each time Jesus begins to speak and talk about, let's go to John chapter 17 verse 1. You, you, um, John 17 verse 1. The Bible says that after this, Jesus said to them, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. So the hour he has been talking about, since when he turned water into wine, he was saying that, all I'm saying to you is this, when Jesus turned water into wine, he was trying to point them to the fact that I am going to die and resurrect. But everybody missed that chapter. Everybody continued. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus. So, let us see the second miracle that John documented. That's the second miracle that John documented. The second miracle is um, uh, sorry, the second, the second miracle is the centurion. The centurion or the, or the official. Jesus told this man, he said, the man's child was dying and Jesus said, without signs and wonders, you will not believe. Let's go to John chapter 4, verse 47. So the Bible says, the Bible says, and when he heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judah, he went and begged him to come and heal his son, who's, who, was, who was close to death. He said, unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told you, you will never believe. Then the official said, sir, come, and before my child, Jesus replied, your son shall live or will live. Now, please, what was Jesus saying when he said, you would, except you see signs and wonders, you would not believe. What was Jesus pointing at? What was he supposed to believe in? It was the aim of this is again to point to a particular day that Jesus is referring to. Then you begin to see that when John, let's go to verse 64, when John, when John was now pointing at John, now said, this is the second sign. So John was documenting it and saying, this is sign one, this is two. And as John begins to document it until it gets to seven. So, let's go to sign three. The man that had 38 years infirmity. After the, Jesus healed the man, Jesus said, take your bags and go. In John chapter 5. Then the Jewish leaders came and said, who gave you the authority to carry your marks on the Sabbath day? You would think that that conversation should not lead to Jesus not talking about eternal life. Because that sign was to show them that somebody is in their midst. 
What I'm trying to say to us is that the signs of Jesus, the signs and wonders you see in scriptures, there is a reason why they were there. There is a reason why the Bible, the writer is alighting them. So you begin to see on that Jesus begin to say that, you know, even, uh, let's go to verse 20, 25, just because of our time. Um, yeah, he said, truly, truly, I say to you, a time is coming. When he when did the what time to wear, uh, what time to wear, what did he say? My hours, no problem. Each time Jesus keeps telling people, I am doing this thing so that you can know a time is going to come. So he said, a time is coming and now, and, and now as it come, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear him will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so has he granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge and things, you know. Again, he's talking about his death, his resurrection. Let's, because of our time, let's go to sign four, amen. The five loaves of bread and two fishes. So Jesus turned five loaves of bread and fed people. You see that in John chapter 6. All of a sudden, when you go to John chapter 32, you would begin to see that Jesus said, Verily I said to you, it is not, it is, it is not Moses who has given you bread from heaven, but my Father in heaven who gives you who gives you the true bread of heaven. He said, for the bread of God is it that comes from heaven and gives life to the world. Then Jesus, Thomas said, give me better. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. What am I trying to say is that when, when, when Jesus did that sign and wonder of bread, he was pointing to the facts of who he was. Can I say this? And I hope God gives us understanding. God does not do things because he has the power to do them. He does things because it is for his will. Jesus could turn the, the stone to bread. But he decided not to because it is not for God's will. May God give understanding to every servant of God. That it is not every time you have devil tells you, show power that you show. Because it is not the purpose of God. Generally, humility is the ability to have power and decide not to use it. You get what I'm trying to say? If somebody has no power, he's on the his belly. <laughs> he's going to be humble. You know, if somebody has he's going to be humble. If you have money, and you can deal with somebody now, and you choose not to, that is humility. Humility is not when you are poor. Although I see very poor people that are proud. <laughs> see, 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 this bicycle that I'm using, it is far better than your, than your Lexus Jeep. I feel like... <laughs> So, 
So you begin to learn that Jesus never does miracles because he feels like doing them or to prove to you. He does them because he's in accordance to the will of the Father. And as a servant of God begins to grow, you begin to understand that it is not every time that you can just show that at times God has no, it, it doesn't benefit God. It has no benefit of God. So that is what I just wanted to talk to, is to see as Jesus. So it is, that's why you see that Jesus will go to a place. So many people will be, uh, 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 by the, uh, what's it called? By the, uh, the man at the well, at the, at the uh, Bethsaida that we saw. There were so many people there that, that were sick. Why did Jesus just heal somebody and walk away? It is lack of understanding of those who say on social media that say, he those people have power. Why did they not go to hospital and go and heal people? Because the teachings of the kingdom, you don't use power because you want to use them. You use them as the will of the Father. What the devil will make you do is to prove. Each time you are going to prove yourself, art, they will know that I am the servant of God. You have won, God has lost. You have won, God has lost. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So, the Bible says here, the Bible says that, so, as we, as we look at, as we look at this, so Jesus was, began to introduce again a sign and give the interpretation of the miracle that he just did. Then you will go on and you will see that Jesus opened the eyes of a, of a blind, of a blind man. Jesus opened the eyes of a, of, of a blind man. That is the sixth miracle that, he, that John recorded. Let's go on, please. Jesus opened the blind, the, the, the eyes. Oh, sorry. The, um, um, the, the, the fifth one is Jesus walking on water. And when they asked him, who are you? He said, I am. Basically, in when you see the Jewish people or in a Jewish uh, gathering, Okay, some people when they are trying to dispute Christianity, they will tell you that, show me in your Bible where Jesus said, I am God. And, and I see Christians who begin to say, ah, there's a way, oh, he's not there. Some people say, hey, ah, ah, oh, no. Again, when Jesus, there are times when Jesus will say, I am. And the Bible will say the Jewish people will pick up stones to want to stone him. Why? Because when he says, I am, a Jewish person knows what he's saying is that he's God. So you will see Jesus make statements. And people will say that because you tell us that you are God, that's why they wanted to stone him. So as you see Jesus walking on water, it's all that it is, it, it, it is high. And the translation I provide puts it, I am. Can we go just quickly to the next one, please? The, the blind man that Jesus opened his eyes. And you begin to see that when Jesus opened the eyes of the man, the people were asking him, is it because of his parents that sinned? Jesus, or, or his father. And Jesus said, this happened so that the works 
of um, so that the work so, so, so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Let's go to the next slide, please. Then in verse 5, Jesus now said, I am the light of the world. Basically, what he's saying, I am opening these eyes so that you can see that I am the light of the world. So he did not just open the eyes because he wanted to. He was giving a description of something. So the Bible says, after saying this, he spat on the ground, on, on the mud, um, um, with saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. And the rest is history. The last one. The, Naz the, the, the resurrection of Nazareth. Jesus, well, they were talking to Jesus about resurrection and things, and Jesus replied. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. What is he doing again at the position of raising Nazareth? He was pointing to the fact of who he is. So, the question is, why is this all important? Why is this all important? Because Jesus was saying, on that day, the day that he's been pointing at, he said, you, a certain level, some joy will begin, to, will begin to be revealed inside of you as a Christian. And what is the joy he was talking about? You would see, just to pivot a little bit, is when you go to John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39, the Bible says that on the last day of, of the festival, Jesus stood with a loud voice and said, anybody who tells, come and drink. The Bible, verse 39, says, by this he meant the spirit whom those who believe will later receive. He said, the Bible says, up to that time, the Spirit had not been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. What is his glorification? The day Jesus is resurrected. The day Jesus resurrected. So, let's tidy this up a bit. We see that Jesus has been doing miracles and pointing to a day. And we also see on the other side that on the, on the, on the other lane, Jesus was introducing the Holy Spirit and he was saying to them, it is on that same day. So it is as if you have a dual carriageway of two people going on, uh, two, two things moving on, and there is a particular day they will all come together. And Jesus brought them together when he began to talk about his death and his resurrection. And Jesus said in John chapter 16, Jesus said, all, all things belong to me. Oh, sorry, whole thing belongs to the Father. All thing that belongs to the Father is mine. He said that I have said that you will receive the Holy Spirit from, from me. What it will make in fact, it will make known what you receive from me. He now went on, he said, and Jesus went on to say, A little while you will see me no more. Then after a little while you will see me. Again, talking about the day. He said, at this, at this, some disciples were wondering, what does it mean that a little time we'll see him no more, and after a while we'll see him? He said, because I am going to the Father, and things like that. Let's go to verse 19. Now, this is where I am, I'm, I'm coming to. And Jesus, Jesus saw that they asked him um, about this. He said, so he said to them, you ask me one 
you, you are asking one another what I meant when I said a little while you will see me no more. Then after a little while you will see me. Verily I tell you, you would weep, but your weeping will be um, and mourn while the world rejoices. You would grieve, but your grief will be turned to joy. Let's go, please. And the Bible says that as a woman gives birth, so you would so you experience that joy. But he said that he not because he said he said so with you now your time of now is the time of grief. But when you see, uh, but but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. We talked about it last week when we talk about what the Holy Spirit does to Christians. He brings the revelation of Jesus to you. It brings the revelation of Jesus to you. So how do I encounter this joy that Jesus has been talking about? That joy is released in your heart by the Holy Spirit. The joy of God is released in your heart by the Holy Spirit. And each time, some, each time you remember or you acknowledge that you are the child of God and what Christ has done for you, there is a joy of God that stirs up within your heart. You will begin to see that when Jesus was talking to his disciples, the Bible says that they went to go and do evangelism. And they looked at the 10. And the Bible says that when the 72 returned, they were excited and the Lord... Um, the Lord, even the demons, even the demons obeyed when we spoke in your name. Let me first of all point spot at, at that as we have said this, but I'll just say it again. Is that a Christian will never know your ability of how much you have in God until you step out to evangelize. There will be certain things you will never know. You will still think that there is no power in you until the day you decide to speak about Jesus or something. His disciples, why did they say that? Lord, even the demons obeyed at your name. Because they never expected that it would happen. Does that make sense? So when they came back, they were like, ah, we just went to do evangelism. We did not know. The next time somebody calls you, and tells you, I am sick, I have this, I have that. You say, no, let me pray for you. You'll be surprised the response you'll get. But because some of, most of us are so secured inside church, you don't, you don't, you, you have not, you have not put God to a point where you will see him respond. If you're a Christian and you have never shared the gospel, you will never know the ability, how little your, the power that God has given you is until you step out. The disciples never knew that they had the power of God in them until the day they stepped out. So, evangelism is an opportunity to discover yourself in God. It's an opportunity to discover yourself in God. But if you never put yourself, you know, somebody was saying that the Holy Spirit is a comforter. Do we all agree? But how many of us put ourselves in a position of being that you need comfort? You have already put yourself in such a bad dead environment that there is no need for the Holy Spirit. You are shouting, I need the Holy Spirit, but God is saying, you don't need it. 
I need, the Holy Spirit is my helper. But you have never been in a position where you need help. Because everything is all figured out. But when you get to a point where there are some of us here that maybe God is saying to you, why don't you pray for that person? You go, if, if I pray for them and it doesn't happen, well, you get what I'm trying to say. So, as we are looking at this, so the Bible says, then, then, then Jesus told them, I saw Satan fall like a lightning. And I have given you power to trample upon snakes and scorpions and to defeat all the, the powers of your, of, of, of your enemy. Nothing will harm you. Why was Jesus telling them this? Because they did not understand that there was power within their body. At times, some of us, you have, God has empowered you, but you have never, you don't believe it because you are still waiting for one, you are still waiting for one man of God to come and do. Can I tell you one thing? And as we just, there are places you will get to and I can never get there. There are people you would, you would meet, I will never meet them. No matter how big a man of God he is, there are people that you would meet in your circle that he will never reach. So that means that it will be wrong for God to empower him and not empower you. Because those people, as you are in contact with him, there are other people that God is bringing in contact with you. But rather than saying, sorry, uh, you know, we, we, I've, I've explained this to and those who will probably understand what a church is. Ephesians chapter 4 tells us what a church is. Jesus gives description of what a church is and what a church should expect. Again, that is why it is not, I will tell, it is not, online church is not recognized by scripture. I'm not saying that what you think. I'm talking about what Jesus himself said with his own mouth. Jesus spoke about church twice. He mentioned the word church twice. One, when he said the gate of hell will not prevail. Why? Second, he talked about church discipline. When Jesus said, when somebody does something, if they don't listen, call somebody, they don't listen, report to the elders. Please, who and which elder can you report to? Online. Online. Because what church, what the Bible is saying is that there has to, Christian work needs accountability. Somebody needs to be accountable to someone. That's why Jesus introduced discipleship. Discipleship, Jesus was talking about some, you are accountable to somebody. Somebody can tell you what you are doing, it doesn't make sense. I, I am accountable to someone. I'm accountable to God, but there's somebody else that can call me and say, oh God, what's that message that I had you preach? Sorry to offend anybody. I'm just saying, scripture does not, I know it is in vogue, but the problem is that there is no accountability. Except you can create accountability around online. But 
Again, it's because people don't understand what people probably don't understand what a church is, what God looks for a church, why believers meet. Believers meet in order to equip one another, but one more importantly is to hold each other accountable. So, one, two, generally, which people probably know, is that the church is a place, or the body of Christ should be a place where believers are equipped. Ephesians chapter 4, is that the Bible says, so it just, because of our time, Ephesians chapter 4, can somebody just read Ephesians chapter 4 for me, please? I'm just, I don't, um, I don't have it up there. Just for you to understand, if this is what you understand about as we, um, Ephesians chapter 4 from verses, um, from verse 10, or when the Bible talks about, he gave some apostles, prophets. Um, and he gave the apostles, so let me start from 10. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens. Yes. That he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. No, so the agenda of God, as we read it there, do we still bring our Bible to church or we can, amen? I think that we are used to slides. Amen. So the Bible says that the agenda of God is to fill the whole heart with himself. So he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. To equip the saints. To equip the saints. For the work of ministry. I've said this before. Who is doing work of ministry? Is it apostle? Is it pastor? Is it prophet? The Bible does not even say them. The Bible says he equips you for the work of ministry. But what have you taught ministry to? Pastor, how is ministry going? And you say, ministry is good. And the Bible is saying the reverse. The Bible is saying, I should be asking you, how is your ministry going? Because my, the job of the church is to equip you to be able to do your work of ministry. What is ministry? Serving, the, connecting people, make, bringing God to people. So maybe your own is music. Yours could be football. Yours could be an accountant. Yours could be, you are the Jesus sitting down in the office. But if all you know about church is we are here. This is me doing ministry. You are here to come and be um, you know, and you go. No. God is saying, no, that's not how it works. You are equipping them to be able to do the work of ministry. So some of us, some of you have friends who just call you to, for counseling and just pour out their mind. The work of the church is to keep equipping you so that you can keep others. Does that make sense to us? So, as we go out to do evangelism, one of the things is that you are equipped so that now, it is important that the Bible, we are like this to ourselves because the day God will ask you questions and say why did you not do X, Y, Z? No, me, I was just a church member. Because I know you have your own, you are sent to equip certain people. Some of us, you are sent to equip your children. God is using your hand to raise mighty men of God in the future. 
Can I tell you one thing? Do you think that you have the gospel today if Mary messed up? Mary, the mother of Jesus. The whole kingdom of God, our survivor, was placed on her as a responsibility. But if everybody will call prophets and mighty people, you will not call Mary. Because Mary is just housewife. What is he doing? Nothing. Whereas, if she had, the Bible says Jesus went to the temple as his custom. Who was making, who, who taught Jesus his custom? The Bible says that when Jesus wanted to do um, uh, this one, he for, they forgot him at the temple. The Bible says it, they took him as their custom. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. So, the Bible says that. Can I go to that, that scripture, please? So, the Bible says that. He said, I saw Satan fall, and I have given you power to trample upon snakes and scorpions. Let's go on, please. Um, <clears throat> Jesus said, Do not be happy because evil spirits obey you, but be happy because your name is written in heaven. The Bible now says, At the, at the same time, Jesus felt joy that comes from the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? Is that there is the joy of God knowing that your name is written in heaven. There is a joy that comes from the fact of knowing that you are not going to hell. And that joy comes, the Bible now says, Jesus now later on and said something like, Jesus said, there is joy in heaven for every sinner that turns to God. Question. When was the last time you made heaven smile? I'm not saying when was the last time you brought offering, big offering to church. I'm saying when was the last time you brought a smile or rejoicing in heaven? Because the Bible says when a sinner turns to God. Make it a point this month that I will cause a party to happen in heaven. And it's not difficult. It is just winning one person for God. It is not bringing the whole money. Everyone is saying, what are we going to do to this? A soul is far more important to God than any other thing. I used to say to people, well, some of us are not serious, but we do harvests and they bring uh, fruits. But as God is saying, you bring fruit, what am I going to do with fruit? That fruit is supposed to signify you producing another one. But we have left all those ones away. We are not distributing put bread, put Banana, and God is saying, it is you that will eat it after you. You know, it is you that will eat it after you go. And God is saying, you know, I can imagine God sitting in heaven and looking down and seeing banana, seeing everything, and God says, ah, this is good. And the same you that brought it, you now pick it and be going. 
God will be looking at her. I thought they brought it here. But you took it away. Because what matters to God, what I'm saying, what matters to God is a soul. Can I... I used to say this as we just draw this to a close. Somebody said, or we normally say, Pati, Aye Magbo, or Mammo. Everyone does not know. It's only you and your people that know. The only party that everyone would recognize is when a soul is one. That is the only party that you do in heaven. So when somebody says, ah, my 50th is coming. Oh, God. Heavens will know that somebody is shouting doing bad day. Can I tell you, if you want to do your bad day, and you want to do it for I get to know what is in this area. <laughs> I never to, to know. Is buy food for people for you to but go out and go and win a soul for God for heaven to acknowledge it. I know some of us are looking back and say, Ah, I thought that party was heaven knew, heaven did not know. <laughs> I, I, you know, let me, I, I am breaking the sad news to you. Everyone did not recognize your party. <laughs> They saw people that danced, and it's okay. So, some of us are here, and even all of us are here to come and celebrate people. But the greatest celebration, if you have not met Christ, is that you give yourself life to Christ. Or else, everyone will not know. In fact, the ones that heaven will collect their homes are the ones they recognize in heaven as the ones that are souls that are. So as we all gather today to say, God, we are here to say, heaven should know that we are singing. God is saying, uh -uh, I don't see. Which, is that somebody, Deborah, is somebody singing there? Give <laughs> sir. I can see something is foggy. You don't know what is what is there. God grant us grace in Jesus' name. Somebody shared something with me, and I hope you would. The truth also is that you would never realize how much joy is in what I'm saying, except the day you can see somebody that you led to Jesus. There's so many Christians that will never experience the joy of the Lord because they have never seen a day when they have brought somebody to the kingdom of God. Can you see, have you ever seen, that's what Jesus was talking about, the birth of a mother. When a mother gives birth to a baby, the joy in their face is, is, is lovely. And we have grandparents here. 
when your child brings birth to another child, that joy in your face, the joy of seeing your grandchild, at times I don't know, but maybe it might even supersede the joy. Maybe our mothers can say is that when you became a grandparent versus when you gave birth to, to, uh, to your child, maybe the joy of grandparenthood is bigger when you just hold that baby in your hand. God has given birth to you. He's looking for his, a grandchild through you. That's what Jesus said. See, Jesus has been winning souls. He did not say that there is joy in heaven. But the day the ones that he brought to him went out and went to bring him souls. Jesus said, the Father in heaven is rejoicing. Why? Not because Jesus brought souls, but the people that he saved brought souls. The same way a grandparent cannot contain their joy when they see their own children bring another life to this world. It's the same way God is rejoicing when you that has met God brings another soul before him. May God not be denied his reason for worship. You know how African parents say, go and bring me grandchildren. <laughs> you don't want me to say my grandchildren before I die. And God is saying, when am I, I have been seeing you every day. You have been saying, Jesus, you are my father. What day will you bring somebody? Will you meet somebody? That's your friend that you know does not know God. Have you ever shared the gospel with them? Let's just hand it this way. Let's just go to Romans. Just because I like the last the Romans. The Bible says, I have complete confidence in the gospel. It is the power of God to save all who believe. False to the Jews and the Gentiles. What the Bible is saying, the gospel is not a Nigerian version. The gospel is the same for both white and black, Asians and non-Asians. The gospel is the same. Why? Because every one of us cannot save ourselves. <clears throat> Let me summarize the gospel to you in this way. This microphone came from the factory as new. But since he left the factory and found his way to our church, we have dropped it. <laughs> we have done all sorts of things to it. Now I cannot go back to the shop, to the factory, and say, take it, it is new. Does that make sense? To be able to replace it for its original value, I need something that is as new as it is. 
we still follow him to that point. The day Adam fell, there was no way the blood of Adam could replace Adam again. Because Adam had fallen. So no matter what you do, that's why the Bible says even the blood of animals cannot replace what was lost. So the only thing that can replace what was lost was something like Adam that is perfect and without issues. That is why you cannot be good enough and save yourself. Because it is not a question of you are we are born defect. That's why David said, in sin did my mother conceive me. So you have no chance. That's why the Bible says no man will be able to come to God except by Jesus. This is not a question of am I not good enough? This is a question of you cannot meet the standards again. Somebody will say that, eh, but when David now said, David said, unto you have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. He said, but me, I did not sin against God. I only, I only slapped somebody. I only did this. I only did that. Me, me and God, no, I, me and God are okay. Do you know in this country, when somebody is arrested, what do they do? You are there at the majesty's pleasure. Even though you slap somebody on the wheel, I'm going to say, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. The government will say, no, it is that you are sinned against the crown. That's how somebody can commit murder. And somebody say, ah, we are sorry, everything is okay, things like that. And yet, the law will take its course. Why? Because you have sinned against the crown. So, even though you have slapped somebody, as I, as that's why David said, it is you alone avoiding to. Now, the question is, what can you do to, uh, to see, how do I put it now? Can you imagine King of England going and I slap him? I don't know how old is he, 70s or so. And I see another 80, yeah, from here, another 80, somebody that is in his late 80s, and I slap them. Do you know that the, the offense, the, the repercussion will be different? Why? Because you slapped a king. God help us. The offense of sinning against God, it is only God that can be remedied. That's what I'm saying to you. That is why he gave his son as a remedy for us. May God grant us grace and understanding. Let us rise up, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.